Welcome to the Nuggets of Gold podcast, everybody. I'm here today with Aiden. We're going to be talking about a little bit about the Cowboys-Niners game, which even though it was a, a very ugly loss, it's actually probably best case scenario moving forward just because this is a lost year. I mean, we all know that now. Um, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the defensive line a little bit, talk about how it projects into next season. And of course, it's it's been draft season now, so we're going to talk about what picks are in range, what do we see them kind of doing there, and and just talk about the draft a little bit. But probably be around a 25-minute episode today, and uh, I'm excited. But uh, Aiden, what what did you think about that game? Were you were you happy that we got smoked by the Cowboys? Were, were you hoping that we'd somehow pull it off? Or what, what were you thinking, man? It was a tough game to be a, a fan of the 49ers, but now that we're able to take a step back and look, I'm relatively thankful for the fact that we managed to blow it at the end, and the fact that Nick Mullins is such a good quarterback for us at this portion of the the season, he's very skilled in losing us games. Yeah, no, he had a couple of brutal interceptions. Okay, the first one wasn't that bad. Second one was horrible, um, and and he just seems like every time it's like, oh, third fourth quarter, we know there's going to be a bad Nick Mullins <laughs> interception. I don't know if you saw Trent Williams' quote after the game. He said, like, I don't think that there's – no, he said, I think that NFL teams are undefeated when they win the turnover battle 4-0. to <laughs> And I just thought, like, oh, dude, this team is so frustrated with him. Like, it, it's got to be brutal. Um, but, but talking about Mullins, apparently he might need Tommy John surgery, which, yes, that's a baseball pitching injury, so I don't really know how that one happened. Uh, Jake, who's on the podcast all the time, he, he played baseball growing up. He said he has no idea how that's even the case. Like, he has no clue how he got an elbow injury. He thinks that he must have got, like, hit and, like, snapped his elbow weird. Um, so hopefully Mullins heals up. Um, I don't think he's going to play another game for the 49ers ever. At least I hope not. <laughs> but it seems like CJ is going to start also Chosen Rosen. He's now a member of the 49ers. It's, it's incredibly unlikely that he sees any, any bit of the field. Like, I don't know. Maybe they roll him out there week 17, but I really doubt it just because he's going to have no knowledge of the playbook. He can't even – I don't think he's cleared until next week. So it's, it's super unlikely that we see him. But besides the quarterback, the horrendous quarterback play, we also saw one of the strangest plays on special team that you'll ever see. See Lamb returned the onside kick. That actually happened to me in a Pop Warner game one time. But it got called back. But it was the same, same deal where it popped up into his hands, and the guy caught it like a yard early, so they had to call it back. But that was super weird to see. I saw that, and I was like, all right, it's done. It's a, probably a good thing. Like, this is not a game that we wanted to win. Some guys that flash, though. Kinlaw, he's been getting – it seems like he gets better and better every week. Uh, last week, we talked a lot about uh, Brandon Ayuk, and Brandon Ayuk is a stud. Like, I'm, I'm super stoked for him. He looked good. As far as defensive line goes, Eric Armstead, best game so far this year. Two sacks, constant pressure. And he's had some games where he's been pressuring the quarterback a lot, um, but the sack numbers have not translated. I think he has – three and a half sacks this year now so rough year for him <laughs> but those are the guys Kenlon and Eric I thought had like were the best guys looking in that game you know like you're super excited to see like what they can become mm-hmm. uh, but Aiden what about the defensive line for you man anybody that flashed like like you said Kenlaw is getting better every week I'm excited to see what the future looks with him he's still cheap for the next few years and I think that's super important as we revamp this defensive line as we're going to talk about 
Armstead has always been a guy who needs a Nick Bosa level guy across the the field from him um, to basically pressure the guy right into Armstead's hands, or Armstead will pressure him into Bosa's hands. But he's he's kind of that that guy that that does the dirty work both inside and outside. And we paid him money to to do that that contract. Doesn't look fantastic, but it doesn't look horrible, especially after Buckner got more. So I see why we we did that, but it was definitely his best game of the year, and I'm excited to see what he does the rest of the season. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a really good run player off the edge too, which is something that you just people don't look for in defensive linemen. Like people don't go like, oh, like oh, this guy's like one of the. He's I think he was ranked like one of like the top three run defenders in the league last year, and I think he's been really good this year. A lot of the film guys I watch, they're saying like, look, everyone's freaking out over Eric. The, the real the real thing with it is like, yeah. yeah, ideally you have a guy that can get more than three and a half sacks when the superstar defensive lineman is out. But he's always going to be like a guy that needs other guys around him to get sacks. And they're like, the value that you don't see is that he's still elite in the run game, like very, very elite. So I think that's something that gets really unnoticed with him. Still, I think that there's definitely big questions. I think anyone looking back on it, you go, would you rather have Eric Armstead or DeForest Buckner? They would say Buckner. The difference is the you get Kinlaw in that, and that's the big difference. I think Kinlaw's going to turn into a stud. This year, the trade does not look good. Like we can, we can agree on that. But the thing about Javon Kinlaw is super raw player. Defensive linemen take a while to adjust. And this has got to be one of the hardest seasons ever to adjust. Like very little camp, no preseason. Like it's taken him a while, but – in the last like month or so, he's flashed every game, big plays. Even against the Bills, he had one play where he got like double team, got away from the double team, and like almost got a sack. And then Josh Allen did some voodoo magic shit and got the ball out. Like it was pretty sweet. But but I mean Javon Kinlaw is turning into a, into a monster. So you have on, on third down, you're gonna have Eric kicking inside. That's what he does best, like from from rushing a passer standpoint. Um then you got Kinlaw next to him. Also got DJ Jones, who has been injured for a while, and you realize that, oh, the pass rush takes a massive hit when DJ Jones is out. One of the most underrated players on the team. Oh, I've always said that. I I still think that. I mean, look against the Bills. Like, you see, like, oh, there's no – they can't generate any pressure. Then against the Cowboys, obviously, much different defensive lines. Like, yes, we know that. But there's way, way more pressure. Like, he, yeah. he feels like – he takes, like, two guys to block him every single time, it feels like. Um, so I think that's big having him there. But you got inside, you got Kinlaw, Eric, and DJ Jones going into the next year. Maybe you have Soli, I don't really know. Um, but then on the edge, you got Bosa, and you got a question mark next to him because it seems like Ford's going to be gone. We were talking about that a little bit. Um, it seems like they're going to be kind of figuring out, do we have an injury settlement with this guy? Because there's serious questions about him ever being able to play football again. Hopefully he's able to do that, whether it's for the 49ers or for a different team. Don't want to see guys go down like that, especially with neck back injuries. That's terrifying. Um, but it seems like he's going to be gone. Uh, so, Kerry Hyder, that's the guy you got to wonder. And Kerry Hyder, I've I've thought he's been a great player. He's definitely not the same guy as D Ford is when he's healthy because D Ford is one of the fastest defensive linemen in the league. Like his his first step is probably second to none. Like that's what we're talking about. But Kerry Hyder's put on a great year. So, Aiden, do you think that they're able to get that deal done with Kerry? So I'm I'm looking right here 
right in front of me um, on who is a free agent in terms of defensive linemen next year. Kerry Hyder is a free agent. Uh, Ronald Blair, who I think we've forgotten about a little bit, he's a free agent. Uh, he's been hurt all year, but last year, if, if you remember with the rotation, he flashed a bunch of times. Uh, Deion Jordan, going to let that guy walk. D DJ Jones is a free agent. I think he's personally a priority over Hyder. I could see us doing what the 49ers like to do and picking an edge rusher early. We've seen how important that is to the secondary in particular. But a guy that I like and that we should be able to bring back for super cheap is um, Kevin Givens. He's been good when he's played this year. He plays more inside. I think priority number one is Jones, then Hyder. And then if you're not able to get Jones, you bring back Givens and you roll with Givens and Street as that second defensive tackle sliding arm set in on those pass rushing downs. But I think Hyder is fantastic and you know what, what you're getting, but opposite Bosa, we kind of need a guy who can create consistent pressure. Hyder has done that so far this year. I would be completely fine with us picking an edge rusher, whether it be even in the first round, like if we fall in love with someone, I trust whoever's running the, the, the defense to, prioritize the defensive line because as we saw last year it makes everybody around them better and it makes it a lot easier to play defense and play these great quarterbacks that we have to play in our division twice a year yeah absolutely and and you you bring up like like you got to have guys that are basically saying you got to have guys that are game wreckers in there and i don't know if Kerry hyder's necessarily that guy the 49ers game wrecker is nick bosa and if, if he's there and he's not there i mean we see the difference that it makes having nick bosa like there's constant pressure Nick Bosa makes plays left and right. Like, he's making a play almost every single time. Like, there's at least some kind of pressure. Also, I don't know. Did you watch the Thursday night game of the Raiders and the Chargers? I did. Joey's doing the same thing. Like, you yeah. watch. I was watching. I'm like, damn, dude, I want Nick back. Like, because they look very similar in how they play. But Joey had that one play where he took the tackle, threw him, and then, like, it was, like a, it was either, like, a third and one or a fourth and one. And he takes, like, four steps over, takes the running back and flips him, like, over his shoulder. And he's just, like – Dude, that was an elite play. <laughs> so having having Nick back will be massive. I like that you brought up Kevin Givens. He's he's been a monster this year. He has been one of the best interior guys uh, for the for the team. Uh, you brought up Ronald Blair. I mean, remember how Ronald Blair went down? He chased down Russell Wilson. <laughs> Not many people do that. So no. I think that it, that it's very likely that he's back just because he's missed the whole year. I don't think you can count on him to be the same guy, though. Like, we don't know what he's going to look like. There's a reason he's – he was supposed to come back in, like, week eight or week ten or something. Yeah. And he, he's been pushed back, and he's done. Like, they shut him down. Maybe it's just because, like, they're not really playing for much now. But that's something that's a little bit concerning. Um, but one thing I want to bring about, up about Kerry Hyder, because I think that, I think that he's going to be back. I really do. Um, and, and here's the reason why. So under the 49ers defensive line coach – Chris Kosarik, I think that's how you say it. Uh, Chris Kosarik, he was the, the Lions defensive line coach in 2016. Kerry Hyder had eight sacks. This year right now, Kerry Hyder has 7.5. Kerry Hyder has been really good under Chris Kosarik. That is the big thing for me because you look at those two years. Okay, eight sacks, seven and a half. In 2015, Kerry Hyder didn't even play. In 2018 and 2019, he had one sack each. He's like not really like he's kind of a forgotten guy. He's also like 29 years old. I don't think he's going to demand a ton of money. I think a lot of 49er fans are like, oh, he's going to like want the bank. If he wants some crazy contract, 
then I don't think you retain him. But I find it really unlikely that other teams think that he's going to want that because clearly Chris Kosarik has got the most out of him. Like that's, yeah. it's very obvious. I mean, if, if the two years that he's been good are eight and then seven and a half sacks, like that's a pretty big sign. <laughs> so I think that they're going to bring him back. And even if they do bring him back, I still like taking a guy, taking an edge rusher, a speed guy, day, mm-hmm. day two, early day three. I don't know if I want to take a guy super early in round one, just because the guys up there, I don't really like think there's like elite talent. It wouldn't be like you're taking a exactly. Josh Allen or like a Nick Bosa, like a couple years ago, where it's like, Oh, these guys are studs. And you got, and I think Josh Allen went seven or eight that year. Like the, the Michigan dude and Gregory Rosario, like those guys, I don't think they're the same level of, of as a player as Josh Allen, but you can get really good speed rushers day two and three, like all the time. I mean, we saw on Monday night, um, not Carlos Dunlap, Carl Lawson. He's killing the Steelers. I'm pretty sure he was a second-round pick. You know who we just forgot about? Jordan Willis, who they got to be that, that, that speed guy. Hasn't played fantastic this year, but I could see them rolling out and being like, Hyder, you're going to be our first and second down, run stuff, get after the quarterback there. And then you bring in Jordan Willis on third down. He ran something crazy in the 40. I, I remember when we traded for him from, from the Jets. He, he ran like a 4-4, four, four, like a 4-5, huh? It was, it was obscene. And I think he's D4 light, and he's not going to cost anything. Uh, I think we gave up a seventh-round pick or something for him. Uh, yeah, so in six games this year, he has two and a half sacks. Perfect. And, and like we just said, you have Nick Bosa. Yeah, he's coming Everyone's back. Everyone's going to get so much better with Nick yeah. Bosa there. Um, but, you, did, you did bring up Hyder on first and second down. I think that it's like 100% lock that, that Eric will yep. play those running downs, like in the, in the base formation defenses. It, it depends if, if we bring DJ Jones back or not. Because if, if, if he wants too much money and you got Givens and Street, who are both a little bit un, unproven, I could see them sliding and Armstead a little bit more inside on more, more consistent downs. While, or maybe Hyder's a pretty big guy. I think he could play inside if he needed to. Willis and and Hyder as a combo complement each other really well. And with Armstead, we have three guys there opposite Bosa. Because Bosa, even we, we saw last year, even though he was a rookie, his sack numbers went up across from D Ford. Whenever D Ford was was playing, Bosa was better. So as all defensive linemen, you kind of need some guys around you to help push the pocket. But I think that's a really good three-man rotation there because uh, they all do different things. And if you have Kenlaw at a defensive tackle um, and hopefully bring back DJ Jones, um, that's a really good D-line. Yeah, no, and, and you bring up like, oh, you could kick this guy inside and this guy outside and stuff. And I think maybe a lot of people listening are like, well, you like you, these guys don't play like out of position. That's not necessarily the case for the 49ers. They like guys that are very versatile. They like guys that they can move in and out. I mean – do you remember last year against the Vikings where they they kicked D Ford inside? Mm-hmm. They yeah. ran a stunt and he got it. It was like a really nasty move that he put on the on the guard. Yeah. But yeah. it's like they run. They love running stunts. They love switching guys out a lot. Like having a lot of depth on their defensive line will be a big deal because, yeah. and like we'll probably even see Javon Kenlaw on the edge once in a while. Like obviously, is he an edge guy? Like no, of course not. But they move guys all over the place. Mm-hmm. They and that was the thing with why they they didn't take just Eric Armstead over both or over Buckner like we already established that you got yeah. Ken Law you got a couple guys staying on on contracts and stuff you you got to have this versatility and they like the versatility they like the depth 
because that's how you really have a defensive line that dominates. So I, I think that's I think that's great with the defensive line. I'm really interested. Maybe they even bring someone from the outside. I don't necessarily necessarily think they're going to though. Also, Chris Kosarik. I don't know if I said this on episode before. I know I've talked to Jake about it. I don't know if I've talked to you about this, Aiden. I think he is a prime candidate to become the defensive coordinator with Salah leaving. And okay. no, everyone's like, oh, bring in Vic Fangio. Vic Fangio is not going to get fired. Like all the, all the stuff that's been going on with them. And also, why would they completely change the defense? Yeah, you'd from a- be switching everything. You'd be going from a 4-3 to a 3-4. Bosa, as much as I love him, is not going to play 3-4 outside linebacker and, and rush the passer. That's not what we, we drafted him for. I think if we, I, I think if it's not in house, I think it's Bob Quinn, and I don't see really any other possibility because he's the best four three guy that's not in in house, and like I maybe you bring Joe Woods from from the Browns back, maybe he he doesn't like where he is with with Cleveland. I think you you promote either in house or you look at Dan Quinn, but I think that's pretty much it. Yeah, I don't really want Dan Quinn. <laughs> I mean, his defenses haven't really been the greatest. You know, they haven't had the best personnel as well, but it doesn't seem like they've gotten a lot out of their guys. That's kind of been my issue. I mean, probably not, but when he was with Seattle, he was the real guy who came up with the Legion of Boom and that 4-3. So he's like the originator of, of the scheme for the most part, him Gus Bradley. So I'd be fine bringing him in, but I think we go in, in-house, um, given that it probably saves a little bit of money and – I think the players will appreciate it. Kind of, kind of interesting if that happened, just because Kyle was his OC, and then he'd be yeah. Kyle's DC, which would be that's just kind of. I feel like that doesn't happen that much. I mean, I know that happened with Mike McCarthy and Mike Nolan, but the whole mm-hmm. thing is like, why did Mike give Mike Nolan or why did McCarthy give Mike Nolan a job? Like, oh, it was just like, oh, because he used to coach with him. I don't think that'd be the same with Kyle. Obviously, like, oh, like, yeah, here you go, Mike Nolan, like you've established that you're a terrible defensive coordinator, but we're just going to sign you. Like that's not, that's, that would be a little bit different, but it would be interesting. Cause I feel like that doesn't happen all that much where they almost switch roles <laughs> where one's the coach and then the other guy becomes a coach and they switch like coach coordinator positions. But yeah, man, I, I think this is going to be super exciting with this defensive line. Cause they could go so many ways. I've heard a lot of stuff that um, just people, a lot of reporters and beat reporters and stuff have been saying that get ready for the Niners to, not spend their money in the secondary. Apparently it sounds very likely that Sherman's going to walk. Like basically that they've mutually agreed to walk, um, which that's, that's big news. I, I've been, I've been a big proponent of bringing him back if you take a corner early. So if they don't bring Sherman back, I think they, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do in the secondary. There's so many things they could do. I think ideally they're probably valuing they're probably valuing Jason Verrett higher than Sherman just because the age Verrett's played yeah. really good. I don't know. It's going to be interesting because the secondary is going to get totally revamped outside of Jimmy Ward. Jimmy Ward's the only guy that's going to be, be around. Does um, that mean you don't bring a one back though? I don't think they're going to, I think that they feel that they can get like a lot of guys in a nickel just playing well, I which see. it well, seems like, it seems deal. like that's the case. Yeah. Jamar just around the league. Pretty well. Yeah. But maybe yeah. he's not expensive, you know. Maybe it's like he's he's a guy on a cheap deal. So I think it all depends on like where how much these guys cost. But I think most of the assets, as far as draft picks go, cap room goes, are going to be into the defensive line. Which is, I think it's going to surprise some people, and mm-hmm. everyone's going to be like, "Oh, like look at the Niners secondary; it's awful." You have Emmanuel Mosley starting. It's like 
Yeah, you can have Emmanuel Mosley starting. If your defensive line is dominating, it's not good. It's, that's way better. So, and I think they're going to really they're going to really try to get depth on that defensive line as well. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that's kind of what I th- see like going into next year. Um, but with all that said, the 7-10 to 10 pick is definitely in range. Right now, if the season ended today, the Niners would be drafting 12. And I'm pretty confident they have two more losses in them. <laughs> Arizona, I, I, I would have said that like these, they have a chance against these guys, but doesn't look like we're going to have Jimmy back. Looks like it's going to be C.J. Beathard. I know people are like, oh, like he could be better than, than Nick or whatever. Tell me why CJ's been the backup and they've started Nick so many games. I've heard some people, reporters say that it's because CJ looks awful in practice. Like he is horrendous in practice, like way worse than Nick. So this might be even uglier. This might be like incredibly ugly. Um, also, the running quarterbacks, that's been the Niners' like big Achilles heel, and especially with no Nick Bosa. So Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are probably just going to carve them apart. So if you have those two losses, the teams are in head of the, that are ahead of the Niners right now that they could, if these teams get a win, they would, the Niners would jump them, would be the Detroit Lions, the New York Giants, the L.A. Chargers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Philadelphia Eagles, who are five, four and nine and one, the Niners are five and nine. So if the Eagles win one more game, then they would jump up, and that'd be mm-hmm. they're in the seventh right now. But all those teams, you could definitely pass. I don't think that all those teams are going to lose out. I don't have all of their schedules right ahead of me right now. I know that like the Eagles play the football team the final week of the year, you know. But like if a couple mm-hmm. of these these teams win a game or two, I want to say that the Cowboys play the Giants also. I want to say that's their game this week or maybe week 17. We could see them get ahead. I'm thinking like if you're pick eight, like a right around there, that's really, really good. You yeah. can you can get one of the top top four guys there. Um, also, it seems like people are kind of feel like Justin Fields is falling a little bit. Fine by me. Plug that guy in there. You see the skills he has. <laughs> I mean, I think he, I think he has the, the highest, like and I've said this before, I don't really love like the ceiling floor talk. But he has the best tools, the best just raw abilities. He has better raw abilities than Trevor Lawrence. Does he read a defense like Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely not. That's the big question mark there, you know? I mean, I wouldn't be comparing him to Trevor Lawrence. I think Lawrence is the best quarterback prospect since at least Luck, maybe farther back. 100%. Uh, I don't know if if you watched the Ohio State-Northwestern game. He didn't look good. Fields, Fields did not look good. I don't know, like – it, it just kind of brings question marks. Why did you transfer from, from Georgia? Um, and like, I still think he's the second best quarterback prospect, but please pray for the rest of the NFL. If, if Kyle is able to get him in that offense and able to do RG three type type stuff with a guy who doesn't he run like a four, three, five or something insane like that. I mean, he runs the ball. Like he's Cam Newton. <laughs> he's fast. He, there's a, there's a, Let's see. He ran something crazy in high school. Let's see if I can find it. He ran four four six in high school. No, his laser time was a four four two. Jesus. <laughs> and, and his hand time was a four three eight. Please God, do not give Kyle Shanahan an an athlete like that. His yeah. arm strength is incredible. He is a cannon. Like his his like physical measurements are Cam Newton esque. And, not quite and that's big. saying a lot. Yeah, yeah. He's 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 not quite as big, but 
Like, I think he'd be fantastic. If he falls to four, I think we should trade up and get him. Um, but the rest of the guys, I wouldn't trade up for. I know you're a big Lance guy, but he, we, we are right in that range. We are right, we are right in Trey Lance range. Um, and if Kyle, who has came out and said, I whiffed on Josh Allen, picks a Josh Allen-esque project and is able to vamp him, I would love that as well. Yeah, so, I mean, the Jets, also the Jets beating the Ramley. Yes, the Ramley, the stupidest <laughs> name in all the sports. That was hilarious. I was laughing so hard. Also, it's great that Frank Gore's the guy that beat, that beat them. Because Frank Gore had all those vintage games against the Rams, just, like, just killing them, like, back, like, maybe, like, 10 years ago. <clears throat> so, you got, the Jags are going to take Trevor. Probably. What are the Jets going to do? Because they, I don't think that they, t- I do not think that they should take Fields or any of the other quarterbacks. I think that's stupid. I think Darnold is probably their guy unless they pick a quarterback. But, like, what are the Jags going to do with Gardner? He's I don't think horrible. he's it. He's not horrible, but he'll, he'll, he'll find a, a spot somewhere, whether it's there or somewhere else. I don't know. He was a fifth-round pick, I think. So, I don't know where he would – I don't know what his contract looks like. I mean, um, it would be smart to move on from him. Give Gardner a little place where he can, you know, compete, be a backup or whatever. I mean, he also, would. he would be one of the best backups in the league, too. I dig him over Nick Mullins. I'm just gonna oh, say hundred percent, hundred percent. Also, that's just way more fun to watch. <laughs> my 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 friend, who's a Dolphins fan, um, who's been on one of these worst take pods. He's a huge Fitzmagic guy, and he's he's on the Gardner Minshew as the next Ryan Fitzpatrick train. Um, that would be cool. That'd be sweet. Ernie Lamb with the cool hair, who's who's gonna stick around for a long time. Yeah, no, but I mean, we're gonna see how this plays out. I think this is probably about good for this episode just because we don't know how these quarterbacks are going to turn out, but there are a lot of options right now. And you go to pick eight and you're, let's see, you're ahead of every team that could take a quarterback besides, you know, the Jags, the Jets, the Panthers, and the Falcons. Like that could definitely be, that could definitely happen. The only team here that I see ahead of them right now besides those three teams is the Lions. And they have the whole Stafford situation. So we don't know. They don't even have a GM or a coach right now. Like, we do not know what's going to be. And it does seem like it might be Robert Sala, but we just don't know right now. So there's a lot of, like, projections right now. But the Niners, it's very important they lose these next two games and and leapfrog some of these teams because that could be an organizational, like, changer right there. That could be so, so big. Just like the the year before we, we drafted Bosa and Jimmy went down and everyone was like, the sky is falling. We, we ended up with Nick Bosa, who's a, a pillar of our franchise now. I think we have an opportunity to do something similar right now. 100%. And, and at the quarterback position, too. Uh, but that that's going to do it for today. I want to th- say thanks again for coming on, Aiden. And thanks, everyone, for listening. This is a fun episode. Going to have to talk about Matthew Stafford to the Niners in future episodes. Also, we'll probably do like an episode on each one of these quarterback prospects even Jones and Trask and all those guys like later just to kind of see um, maybe some rumors come out about some for, like some quarterbacks opting out Aaron Rodgers. That'd be sick. Um, yeah. That's not going to happen. They're just too, they're just too damn good for that to happen, but that would be a dream come true. Uh, but, but yeah, everyone, thanks for listening and uh, we'll, we'll get back to you next week. Absolutely. Justice for Mac Jones.